For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of the Kingdom of Pod. Jeff Caves here in Flower Mound, Texas. Details on this dilemma that may be coming up for Boise State as it relates to conference affiliation with the American Athletic Conference. And also, Jeremiah Dickey has five points of light in an article and conversation he had with B.J. Rains of the Idaho Press. I'll also get into some of the details around football programs around the West, the Eastern Washington situation, plus Hawaii has found a way to make money with maybe even less fans. We'll even get in some basketball conversation once we touch on the Jeremiah Dickey conversation. But, you know, last week, a uh, conversation with Carl Benson, the former conference commissioner, on this Kingdom of Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. And it was a lot about the future of the Mountain West Conference. It was a interesting pod you may want to go back and check out for yourself and that Carl was good enough to come along and play along as if he was applying for the Mountain West Conference uh, commissioner's job sort of taking off on John, John Wilner's six questions that he had for the new Pac-12 commissioner whoever they may be and with so many issues facing the Mountain West I thought it was appropriate but in the aftermath of that I've uh, reached out to many different people across the country in and around uh, Boise State and and other places and I've been picking up bits and pieces of what I think is a story that is developing because at last we left this conversation about Boise State and the American Athletic Conference and football primarily leaving you know it was an email that had been exposed and it had been published uh, amongst a, an email that had been sent by Brian Harson to Dr. Marlene Trump, Boise State's president, Boise State's athletic director at the time, uh, Kurt Absey. Uh, there were other things that were published by, at the time, assistant athletic director Brad LaRondo uh, about all the virtues of joining the American Athletic Conference. And my, you know, intel that I'll call it is that after the NCAA basketball tournament, is over. I think that everybody's going to come back to the table and count their money and see where they're at. And we're getting much closer to that. Uh, Jeremiah Dickey, who I'll talk about here in a minute, has not had quite a hundred days on the job, but at least he's on the job and he knows he knows where his office is, and he's met, I'm sure, several of his coworkers uh, by now. Um, so we're, we're getting to the point where the NCAA tournament is going to come and go uh, in 30 days, and I think there'll be a flurry of activity. I, I specifically believe uh, that the American Athletic Conference and their commissioner, Mike Oresco, has a plan, and I think his plan is to expand the American Athletic Conference, I know at least by one, to replace UConn, and maybe even more, and 
in stringing together some conversations that have taken place, I think his uh, effort will be focused on expanding the American Athletic Conference, essentially at the expense of the Mountain West Conference. And in the backdrop of all of this is uh, all the Power Five schools uh, getting together with their own financial challenges and discussing expanding the college football playoff from eight teams to who knows, some say maybe even 12 teams. Well, how much more money are the networks willing to provide to go from four to eight teams or even to 12? And then the folks at the college football playoff, essentially the Power Five conference commissioners, will decide you know, how much more money are we going to get here and how do we want to create these next four access points? Uh, well, you could say immediately they're going to have at least uh, all Power Five conferences with an automatic bid. So that knocks that down. That leaves three left. And then you got your Notre Dame factor. You got your at-larges. You got your, you know, two teams out of the SEC. And 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 so you'd think they'd want as much wiggle room as possible. Uh, everybody, I think, in the group of five is shaking in their boots over that $100 million they get out of this college football playoff pot of gold. And when the college football playoff was designed, coming out of the BCS system back in 2012 and 13 and ultimately launched in the 14 season with Boise State's appearance in that Fiesta Bowl and the win over Arizona, uh, they had to put together a system and how they were going to allow access to those four guaranteed college football playoff spots, and they designed their New Year's Day 6 and all of that. And the guarantee that the group of five got uh, was into the New Year's Day 6. So theoretically... The entire group of five division is guaranteed a position uh, in one of the top 12 schools' spots in a bowl game. Uh, they are then given this $100 million payoff from the college football playoff, which none of them have ever participated in yet since the 2014 season. And you could draw the conclusion that they were bought off on some level and didn't want any more sort of Orrin Hatch type issues where you get your legislative people banging on the drum in Washington, D.C. about antitrust or suing about access and all the bad press that comes with it. So if the college football playoff people, and I do think this will happen, decide to expand and when they decide to do this, they got to decide who they're going to cut in at the table and for how much. I doubt they'll leave the college, uh, the payoff to the group of five uh, where it's at. I think they'll increase it. Uh, there is much speculation and on the part of the American Athletic Conference desire to get a guaranteed spot. And Mike Oresco and the American Athletic Conference would like nothing better than to have a guaranteed spot and be the power sixth conference in the college football playoff that would still leave two at-large positions, which could include a Notre Dame and could include a second team for one of the power five conferences uh, if you included the power six champion uh, this could all be possible uh, one of the arguments uh, that Oresco will make I'm sure is that when he sits down with those five power brokers hey you know we have now added teams out of the Mountain West Conference and you know this is your consolidated power base right here uh, the other conference USA's Sunbelt conferences uh, mid-america conferences you know and the Mountain West uh, really aren't as applicable, uh, especially if the new American Athletic Conference 
uh, were to include Boise State. So this has all been working in the background. And I, I looked at the situation and, and thought, well, that makes sense. You got to get through the NCAAs and figure out your money. And if you're in Dr. Marlene Trump's shoes, you're, you're trying to get through the, uh, <laughs> the budget appropriation process through the state of Idaho, which is not looking good right now with Boise State getting cut $400,000. And there's still a lot of debate and angst and in trouble with that but she's got her hands full understanding uh, just where all of that money uh, is going to land and what's the operating budget for the campus let alone for the athletic department so there's a lot of things in the background uh, that are leading up to all of this I'll, I'll talk more about some of these five points of light from uh, jeremiah dickey boise state's athletic director in just a minute hey we all know by now that uh, football is long gone on most levels of course you still have your fcs football but the nfl's over but let's get cranked up with the nba and college basketball and the big tournament and the nhl all that stuff in full swing and if you want to bet on any of that stuff go to betonline.ag uh, some of the greatest plays i've ever made having been to vegas many times was during uh, the college basketball tournament that that gives you a lot of opportunities, a lot of creative uh, parlays and bets that you can make there. So get over to Bet Online uh, if you want to bet on a, award shows or TV shows or reality TV. They've got that as well. All kinds of hundreds of props and real time odds. So they even have a twenty four hour online casino. So head on over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device right now. Sign up and get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. All right, let me get back to this conversation uh, about the AAC and their expansion and what it means. We'll get into some of the Jeremiah Dickey thoughts and news and notes about basketball at Boise State and Hawaii football and Eastern Washington football as well. Uh, but just for a second, what's going to happen if Mike Oresco uh, gets – ants in his pants and uh, Boise State sort of uh, is is stalling uh, isn't isn't sure what they want to do or it's even more realistic that they can't find a home for their Olympic sports and in talking to to some people it's pretty difficult if Boise State were to send men's and women's basketball to the American Athletic Conference with Boise State football should Oresco let that happen maybe tougher to place the remaining sports without the basketball piece, which carries an income item for any conference that may be considering Boise State's Olympic sports only. And until those things are secured, um, this, this, that could be a more difficult move to just bite off. And in the meantime, you've got a new athletic director shaking hands, meeting donors, figuring out the direction of the program. You had a consultant, Mike Alden, in there at Boise State who will be presenting his plan for Boise State, their benchmarks about how their budget looks and their opportunities and their pluses or minuses, which will be invaluable, I would think, to Jeremiah Dickey, which he can then sort of use as a blueprint to launch his own ideas of where this athletic department is headed. But, you know, you, you, you layer on top of that a move to the American Athletic Conference to an athletic director that hasn't even been there 100 days after he basically on faith during a pandemic took the gig and moved. And we're talking about a guy who's a native of El Paso, Texas. He's not a native of Boise, Idaho. And he, he's coming from Waco, Texas. And a couple of stops in between. And, and, and then he's got to hire a football coach within a couple of weeks. And now he's got to contemplate a conference move. 
So that's quite a bit that could slow Boise State down for uh, those reasons and maybe a lot of others. And what if Mike Oresco says, I'm not waiting for anybody. And he says, I'm going to raid the Mountain West Conference. And to give you some motivation, Boise State, to get your decision-making process moved uh, along, I'll just take San Diego State, Colorado State, and Air Force. And uh, I'm not so bullish as some are that BYU would jump on a American Athletic Conference uh, position for themselves. I think they're quite happy in uh, their Notre Dame-esque type position as an independent in football and uh, everything else uh, placed uh, for their athletic department with other conferences. Uh, I, I don't know. I think the Air Force Academy is always open to listening to improving what, what they want to do. Uh, whether or not Colorado State and San Diego State would move every program that they have to the American Athletic Conference or not, I don't know, but I do think uh, San Diego State is ready to go from what I've been able to gather at this point. I would think Colorado State on some level has ambitions to move along as well. They didn't build that football stadium for no reason. They would like to, to move up. But what would happen to Boise State in that situation if one, two, or three of those schools grabbed a bid and an opportunity to leave the Mountain West and join the American Athletic or wherever else they go. That would put Boise State in a very reactionary situation. I think that would be difficult. I think that even if the first school jumped, if San Diego State went out the door, uh, Boise State would find themselves in a position to hurry everything along and make a decision about what they're going to do. I don't think it's as easy as that. I think getting those other sports placed in a conference is very difficult. I, I think you'd have to find a, a backup plan, whether that be the Big Sky Conference for a lot of your just Olympic sports, your tennises and your track and fields, uh, but getting your basketball situation organized. I'm a proponent of putting basketball men's and women's in the American Athletic Conference uh, I don't know if it's feasible to get the rest of your sports placed in a conference without your basketball programs. I'd have to go survey the commissioners of those conferences to figure those kinds of moves out. Or maybe Mike Oresco can help Boise State do that, depending upon how badly he wanted them. But what would happen if Boise State were left behind? I don't think we've ever studied that. If you had San Diego State, Colorado State, and Air Force move out, that's two less in the Mountain Division. Uh, one critical men's basketball program provides a lot of money through their tournament in San Diego State. And a key cog in the respect of the conference in top 25 college football with the San Diego State football program. And their Air Force as well. <laughs> uh, that would put Boise State, I think, in a tough spot, as would it put Craig Thompson uh, in that position. I don't know that he would immediately expand back up to 12. Uh, they may go with the a configuration and get waivers to go lower than that and maybe even bag their championship game. But the only candidates I can see in the West that could replace San Diego, Colorado State, and Air Force uh, would be UC Davis in the West. Uh, they could join where San Diego State was, and they've still got a long way to go with their facilities to get there, but they have plans on this new basketball arena, and they've got a new AD, and they want to upgrade their football program, and they are a UC system school. And the only other option I could come up with is to replace Colorado State and Air Force is convincing the Montana schools. Uh, they fit geographically. They've resisted it until now. Uh, the money's getting pretty difficult at the FCS level. 
they're facing enrollment issues at those schools. But when I look at their budgets, they're half of what Boise State's at. And, and Boise State's nothing to brag about. Both those Montana schools, Montana and Montana State, in the low uh, $20 million range. So very difficult. Uh, I would think that a proactive approach would be best, but it's easy for me to say. Uh, I think every day, and we'll talk about uh, Jeremiah Dickey and that conversation he had with B.J. Reigns, and I'm going to call it five points of light. Uh, but I think he, Jeremiah Dickey has to wake up every day and ask himself, what is the most important thing I can do today after I talk to my kids and my wife, my personal and my family business? What's the most important thing I can do for Boise State today? And where does figuring out your conference affiliation once and for all uh, land? And as Carl Benson said last week, the mission of Craig Thompson uh, has to be to keep the Mountain West together and wait this thing out and, and say that, hey, a, a group of five guaranteed expanded college football playoff position is much better for you, Boise State, than you jumping over there to the American hoping they'll get a guaranteed spot as the Power Sixth Conference. And you'd still have to compete with Cincinnati and Central Florida and some formidable competitors who have much bigger budgets than you. So I don't know if those conversations are happening, but I do believe they should. And if I were in either of the positions of Oresco or Thompson or Dickey or Trump or any of the other athletic directors, I think that would be occupying some of my time of planning in between budget calls and issues surrounding pandemic you know, revenues that have been uh, stricken. Let's get to this Jeremiah Dickey conversation. Before we get into the details, though, of our conversation, the our conversation with Jeremiah Dickey, uh, tell you more about uh, Believe, the podcast network, and eBay sneakers. You know, whether you're looking for those rare dead stocks or the latest release, you'll find the exact shoe that you're looking for. Uh, at eBay. It's the original sneaker marketplace. It's the place to go to cop the pair that you've really been eyeing. eBay's authenticity guarantee is waiting for you. Your sneakers will be meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. So if that's your concern, don't worry about it. They have this authenticity guarantee tag that has a digital stamp of authenticity. Uh, they'll also protect sellers with a verified return process. And they have a team of experienced sneaker authenticators that verify boxes and logos and stitching and dozens of other inspection points. So if you're selling sneakers, eBay has eliminated selling fees. If your sneakers are over 100 bucks, that uh, makes it free to sell or just flip your collection. So go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. I thought B.J. Reigns of the Idaho Press and Blue Turf Sports did a nice job in a give and take with Jeremiah Dickey, and it just brought some interesting points to light. I called him five points of light about what Dickey had to say to B.J. about different issues, and there were some things I learned about him, and sometimes you can, uh, for, at least for me, I can hear things or read things that uh, guys will say or people will say in, in those positions, and I can sort of draw some conclusions about what maybe going through their mind or what they're thinking or how they're going to put something together. And when Dickie was talking about the comparables for Boise State, which is all part of the picture of what Mike Alden is doing, the consultant who worked for Dr. Trump and helping with the athletic director and 
football coaching search was also supposed to do a big study that will tell Boise State, well, here's how you rank and here's how you sit against this school and that school and the other school in terms of your spending and your staffing and, and things that you get uh, that you're trying to get accomplished. We see those lists sometimes in the media about, oh, and I'll go over them in a moment, uh, sort of head coaching salaries in basketball in the conference or basketball budgets, for example. And something that Jeremiah said just sort of stuck out to me. And he said, you know, we talk a lot about comparables and, you know, where we're at from an industry standard and where we're at from a conference standard, which in basketball, they're below average. They're not even the average budget in the Mountain West Conference for basketball. But I thought it was interesting when he added, but we don't need what everyone else has. We need what we need to make sure that we have success. So when I hear that, I think, okay, he's figured out we need to know what we want, what we need, and who we are. And has that happened? Do we know what we want and who we are? And I think he's going to go through that process and he's going to do it through meeting these 100 boosters and everybody in his department and try to get on the same page with what they're trying to get accomplished there, who they want to be and who they are now. And it could be that they don't need to spend the kind of money that San Diego State or UNLV spend. Uh, take San Diego State. Well, first of all, their fees are a lot higher. They're in the state of California. They have tremendous real estate challenges with any employee or student who goes to school there, any coach, and they have much different um, financial uh, uh, comparisons than Boise State does, for example. At UNLV, uh, they've got a more urban atmosphere and uh, they've got a lot of commitment that through the years has come into their basketball program, and that's not necessarily as compatible with a, a Boise State. And then you, you look at a San Jose, Boise State doesn't have much in common with them. Well, maybe more in common on some levels with a Laramie, who has a lot less basketball budget uh, than Boise State. But he's going to look at all those things and determine uh, what Boise State's all about because I think he's starting to figure out it's a very unique city in that it's not Salt Lake or Portland. And it's not Seattle. And there's really nothing to compare it to. It's on its own. And he did go on to say that he's going to look at the places where money comes in and they need to maximize that. And he said that they have to be very intentional with that effort. And what I like about that is that's a discipline that he's going to instill in the department that along the way, they all have to be focused on the very most important way to bring in more revenue to that department. And I think that's going to be where he wants people's heads at. Uh, he talked about where he's from in the Big 12 when he was at Baylor, where they didn't have as much as everyone else. Uh, everyone else being, yeah, okay, the Big 12 only has 10 schools. They don't have what the Big 10 has or the SEC has. And he said that the Big 12 had just as much success, if not more. And he said that's what Boise State's all about, this blue-collar uh, work ethic, and that's the Boise State way. He talked about working hard, though, and this was something that gave me a little bit of a point of light into what Jeremiah Dickey may be like as a manager. We've all worked for people, and imagine you have a manager who, as much as uh, you dislike or like Dickey right now, 
Uh, his family's not with him. He's in a rental property. He's, you know, he's in a new job with all the things that I've just described. And if you listen to what he said, he claims he's working seven days a week. And is it always going to be that way? Or does he do that typically? If you read some of the things that he's talked about in his past and read some of the things that people have said about him, that's not too far from the truth. After it gets, you know, from taking care of his kids and his wife, he's working all the time. And he said about that, you can't teach people how to work hard. Now, that's a message to whoever's there now. And that's also, to me, a sign that at some point, when he goes out hiring support staff people, he's going to make sure that in their character, they're hard workers because he doesn't think you can teach them. So you got to hire them that way. So I thought that was a significant uh, message and he's going to be focusing his time on more strategic decisions and identifying as he called it new revenue streams and then maximize everything that they've already got so we're all anxious to see the results of whatever those new revenue streams may be whether they who knows i i, I really don't know what those new revenue streams are i'm sure he is trying to uh, get his arms wrapped around that right now uh Issue of the basketball department resources, though, comes up. And I know this is the kingdom of pod and uh, the Boise State football believe podcast. But occasionally I like to take a look at the overall resources and have to commend uh, Kurt Apsey, uh, who uh, did step up with others and added a million dollars into that Boise State basketball budget some way, somehow. And by doing that, it helped them tremendously. But still, uh, they lag behind even the average basketball budget in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, Leon uh, Rice's salary is in the middle of the pack. And I took a look at, you know, what is the difference between, say, uh, Boise State and San Diego State and UNLV who are at the top end of the uh, budgets in the conference. And one thing that struck me was, what about salaries? You know, a lot of times in a budget, that's where the most amount of money is going out the door. There's not as many coaches in basketball uh, as there is in football, but uh, you, you you do have a significant expense in your head coach. And since Boise State's overall gross is is lower, you know about 19% of that budget at last note uh, is headed to Leon Rice's address at about 750 grand. And I wondered, you know, with other schools in the conference, what percentage of their budget is going towards their head coach's salaries? At Utah State, uh, 15%. New Mexico, 18%. UNLV, 19%, which I thought was significant uh, because you're you're looking at a a budget that's over a million and a half, almost $2 million more than Boise State's. San Diego State, only 14% of their budget is going to their head coach. They didn't have to pay uh, Dutcher what they paid Fisher. So Boise State's a little high, but I think it's because their overall budget is low. I think they need an effort similar to what Nevada has done. And when I look at how Nevada may be growing their basketball program, you know, they hired Steve Alford. Uh, Alford's conditioned to making uh, well over a million dollars, a million five. And he was bailing out of UCLA, where I'm sure he made more than that. And when you look at the official salary that they list for Alford, right now it's at 500000 But then you learn that it's a 12-year contract And the longer he stays at Nevada, the more accelerated his pay structure gets, 
so that if he stays at Nevada for 10 years, he'll make $12 million. And that kind of creativity, I think, could motivate uh, Jeremiah Dickey and, and Boise State to put something in place for Leon Rice should they be in a situation where maybe they could be losing him. Uh, there are going to be some jobs coming available. Maybe Leon is looking on. I mean, he did pass on Washington State at one point. I don't think that's an option right now, but even Washington State pays $1.4 million, and you don't even have to win much there. You're still going to get a five-year ride, and at this age and position in his career, a five-year ride at $1.4 or $5 million a year, you know, he's, and that's his alma mater, that's his place, you know, that'd be a good gig. And uh, I'm not proposing that all of this is going to happen, but at some point in your life, in your late 50s, you you got to figure some of that stuff out on what you'd like to get done. So I think there's a lot of room there for Jeremiah Dickey to look at this basketball program, figure out the finances. I liked what he had to say about just because somebody else spends more doesn't mean that's what you need uh, to be successful. At the same time, on the subject of money, let me flip over on an old opponent for Boise State, uh, a school that they used to compete side-by-side with in the Big Sky Conference, and they're falling on some tough times right now. It was about a couple of years ago when there was a lot of noise being made that a lot of the more remote college campuses were starting to struggle in enrollment. Uh, For whatever reason, Uh, 18-year-olds did not want to attend schools like Idaho State, Montana, Montana State, Eastern Washington, some of the schools that are more remote. Uh, That's not where kids wanted to go to school. I don't know all those reasons, but Eastern Washington has fallen victim to this, and they have had to determine what to do with their athletic department because they're getting a lot of pressure as they continually have to lay off professor after professor. So they went out and hired this consultant group to determine after a six-month review what they should do with their football program. And they presented it to them a week or two ago. And the bottom line is that Eastern Washington's program is well below the median for FCS Division I programs and other schools in the Big Sky Conference that dropping football would require a lot more consideration. They need to be really careful if they did that. But they did give them some options, and they analyzed, should we drop football? Should we leave it alone at the FCS level? Uh, should we move to Division Two, Or should we even move to Division Three? These are all things that are going to be presented in writing here any day now to the folks there at Eastern Washington. Uh, the outline of this study did say that while they could save a lot of money uh, by reclassifying their athletics program to lower NCAA division levels, they'd also they'd, they'd lose a lot of revenue and their visibility of the athletics program would go down. What's that worth will be up to the campus leaders to figure out and that pride and community and all of that will go down as well. So they're going to have their public comments and they'll meet with student and faculty and they'll get all their school boards uh, input and Then they'll go back this spring to the Board of Trustees with a final determination. So uh, this is something that's coming up this spring, uh, very soon, I think, on what Eastern Washington's going to do with their football program moving forward. Uh, Speaking of programs who are reanalyzing this in the Mountain West Conference, the University of Hawaii, you know, uh, had the Aloha Stadium condemned that it needed way too many 
upgrades, improvements, three, four hundred million dollars, and I'm sure that number just continues to rise with the cost of construction. And so they're not even able to play in Aloha Stadium anymore. So it forced them to look at where else they could play, and that would be the Ching Complex uh, there, that's closer to their on their campus. And so they've got some folks that have donated some money, and they're spending a couple million dollars. And they're going to retrofit this Ching complex, this Ching stadium uh, on their campus to seat 10,000. Now, Boise State plays in Honolulu this fall, and there's five other games that they have to host this fall. Uh, They're going to build a new field. They're going to improve the press box, the concession area, the restrooms, even the plumbing uh, needs to have improvements. The AD has swore they'll get this done by mid-August. And the shocking thing to me was, I studied it, and I looked at it, and I said, really? You're going to have 60,000 seats to sell, 10,000 a game for six games. You used to play in a 50,000-seat stadium, and they're telling the Board of Regents in Hawaii they can make a $3 million profit if they sell all 60,000 seats. Now, that's unbelievable because last year, Hawaii – had no fans. They played at Aloha Stadium. They lost two hundred grand. And one report back in 2019 said that they only made about $400,000 more playing at Aloha Stadium. So for another four hundred grand, why would you even want to mess with that other thing? You may just want to sit there at, at Ching Complex and be ahead of the curve because you're in Hawaii, after all. you you got a whole different set of circumstances on your hand. Uh, if they do end up going back to a remodeled Aloha Stadium, which there are all kinds of fights and political maneuvering uh, because of the acreage involved and when they'll ever get that done and how long it'll take them, uh, whether it's three years or, frankly, 30, I don't know. But it is good that if they they have they are going to spend this money on the chain complex, and no matter what happens, they'll, those are permanent changes. Other sports could use it when football goes back out to Aloha Stadium. So I hope all that happens for the University of Hawaii, but there's just some of the news and notes along the uh, financial lines. I know there wasn't a lot of uh, big new breaking news for Boise State football this week. Maybe that's a good thing, but there's some of the highlights of what I saw on this edition of the Kingdom of Pod on the Believe Podcast Network brought to you by eBay. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Please remember to rate, review, pass along this podcast. You can go to the kingdomofpod.mailchimpssite.com where you can subscribe and have this emailed to you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.